Hey, landlords, are you ready to level up your rental game and simplify your life? Well, get ready to meet your new best friend, KeyCheck. KeyCheck is your all-in-one solution for stress-free property management with tenant-paid screenings, rent payment processing, online lease creation with eSign, and a suite of incredible landlord tools. You'll wonder how you ever lived without it. No more chasing down checks or sifting through piles of applications. KeyCheck helps you organize and manage all things landlording in a simple and efficient way. So if you're tired of the rental chaos and crave seamless, efficient management, head over to KeyCheck.com and sign up today. Make landlord life a breeze with KeyCheck, the game changer for modern property owners. Welcome to Landlord Diaries, where we talk about midterm rentals and the opportunities behind them. We'll share landlord stories, talk about maximizing investment potential, and discuss how to live the very best landlord life. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Furnished Finder, the place for everything midterm rentals. Remember to like and subscribe if you enjoy our content. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome back to the Landlord Diaries. I am Katie Lyon. I am a member of the Furnished Finder team and a real estate investor. Um, We have properties in Colorado, Florida, and in the great state of Iowa. So today we get to talk with Eric. Um, who was pretty amazing. Um, and I just want to remind everyone that this episode and all episodes are brought to you by Furnish Finder. We are the go-to place for everything midterm rentals. Um, if you are listing your midterm rental, if you're listing your midterm rental and then want to move into another midterm rental for a while, FurnishFinder.com has everything you need and there are never, ever any booking fees. So Kelly, are you ready? Yeah, Katie went first today because Kelly here, your host of the Landlord Diaries in the Austin, Texas area and further north. And I wanted her to go first so I could tell you today is a special episode about room rentals. You know, if you have thought I'm intrigued by room rentals and we've got these, you know, there's the competition is going up. Everyone knows there's some nurses contracts are getting canceled at times the market's changing fear of recession you've got a lot of things going on in the world and so to be flexible room rentals is always a great option to add in there because i don't know about y'all but when i watch tenant leads i see that 1200 to 1600 price range a lot or under 1200 but you can't always do that for an, an entire unit but you could do that for a room rental so Enjoy this episode, and if you're thinking about room rentals, I think Eric's got a lot of good advice for you. Today, we travel to Riverside, California to talk with Eric Chang, pharmacist and real estate investor. Eric has two properties currently, a duplex that he rents out long-term and a four-bedroom house hack he rents by the room. Thanks for joining us today, Eric. How are you? I'm doing well, Kelly. Thanks for the introduction and thanks for having me on. Yes, sir. So let's start off with the real estate fun talk. What is your port? Well, we just covered your portfolio. Why did you choose those two properties uh, to add to your investment strategy? Honestly, that was a good question. So the first one, I just wanted to get kind of get into the game. I kind of got you know, kind of addicted to the idea of financial freedom, as well as, you know, trying to figure out how to get there through real estate investing uh, mm-hmm. with, you know, le- less capital out of my pocket. I figured that house hacking would probably be the best way for me. Um, and so, you know, I was very fortunate to find a duplex that kind of fit the, you know, the mold for what I was looking for. 
I was looking for a lower money out in pocket, best interest rate. Uh, so I went with an FHA loan for this specific duplex around a um, near LA area so I can stay, you know, close to work if I needed to. And so that's how I kind of stumbled upon my first house act, which the duplex in Riverside, near Riverside. And then in towards the earlier this year, I would say, um, I was kind of talking with a friend that I met through graduate school. And he kind of expressed that he was interested in real estate investing as well. And we worked out and found out that we really have like complementary you know, skill sets that would make a good partnership. And so we stumbled upon this single family home that really worked well as a, as a house hack, uh, more of a rent by the room model. Um, this one, it, we had to get a little bit creative in order to make the numbers work, but you know, that's how we, <laughs> I keep stuff. That's how we stumbled upon this one as well. So. Perfect. I feel like that's, We've talked to a lot of investors in California, and that is definitely a trend is if you are in an area with higher prices, you might have to get creative, but there that doesn't mean it can't work. It just means that, you know, you might need to put on your thinking cap. And so I'd love to hear more about like, what did you guys do to get creative? How exactly did you make that work? Like how many rooms are you renting? What's that all look like? Yeah, sure. Great question. So this is a four bedroom, two bath, single family home in Riverside, California. Uh, we figured that if we rented just by the room, you know, kind of vacant rooms, the numbers still don't really pencil in terms of cash flow. And we wanted something that would cash flow um, essentially from once we stabilized it. And so we figured that we if we utilize kind of like furnished rooms and listed on platforms such as Furnish Finder to try to get a larger pool of you know tenants, we can increase the rents and kind of make it work out that way. And so it, that wasn't the original plan, to be honest. Like we were really looking for something that, you know, we could purchase with less money out of pocket and kind of have it run by itself. But we kind of utilized and thought through like this specific strategy um, in order to make it in cash flow. And as of right now, like I mentioned before, it is a house hack. So, you know, right now we're kind of one room down in terms of what we're renting out. But once I'm able to move out, this should do pretty well, even in California. Nice. That's awesome. All right. So Eric, tell us exactly what kind of pharmacy work you do. Sure. So I'm actually in non-traditional forms of pharmacy. So I actually work at a pharmaceutical company called Amgen on the medical side. Um, usually I create a lot of content based that's scientific based for our field team to go talk to doctors that really highlight a lot of our clinical trial data for the specific products that I cover. This is something I learned a few years ago, which the rest of the world probably knows is that in my mind, everyone who was a pharmacist wore a white coat and gave me my medicine every month. That is <laughs> actually not true. So <laughs> if you were in the small portion of the population who didn't know, the more you know, <laughs> now you do. <laughs> uh, and that's a great point. Like a lot of people think about either outpatient pharmacy, or you see it like CVS, Walgreens, um, or in the hospital setting, um, kind of verifying medications. But I decided to kind of venture out of that because it didn't really fit what I was trying to accomplish um, with my pharmacy career. So that's how I ended up in the kind of pharmaceutical space. Nice. That's awesome. You know, we haven't talked to too, with too many people about the room rental strategy. And honestly, I think a lot of landlords are a little fearful or nervous about it. So I'm excited to dive in to what life's been like, you know, renting by the room and also living with others, uh, you know, not that aren't part of your family. So let's jump into landlord logistics and talk about that. How long have you been renting by the room? 
Yeah, so my partner and I closed it on this property on June of this year. So it's only been about six months. It's a very recent uh, purchase, I would say. Excellent. And who have you found is attracted to your four-bedroom home renting by the room? Who's your standard traveler right now? Yeah, so that's a good question. So we actually have like a pretty wide tenant pool for this rent by room strategy. Um, as you can expect, like as we're renting by the room, the prices are a little bit cheaper. So it kind of adheres to the tenant pool that is looking for a cheaper option. And so a lot of the leads that we get are through like traveling professionals that kind of need the, you know, just like one specific furnished room or a lot of these working young professionals um, that are just traveling the area for, I don't know, some sort of program that they're doing nearby, um, as well as some of the graduate students that we have. We have a university that's probably about a couple miles away, and it really appeals to all of those tenant pools, I would say. How long are these leases that they're signing? Because this is this is definitely kind of tapping into um, the audience that we hear a lot about through Furnished Finder and with our landlords, but is not talked about as much, right? You know, the travel nurses, they're going to have their standard three month, and then a lot of times they'll extend for another three months. Um, but when you get into graduate students or people working on in tech on different projects, what are their lease terms like? Yeah, that's a great question. So when from the get-go, we're essentially looking for at least a 30-day minimum uh, for any of these tenants. So nothing less than 30 days. And we're essentially saying that if these tenants are looking for that kind of fit that criteria in our you know, screening um, criteria as well, uh, we let them kind of allow and sign a lease for as long as they kind of need to. And so far, as you mentioned, the traveling professionals, you know, especially like the traveling nurses for like the community hospital nearby, they would typically be looking for a 13-week lease, at least, uh, for the ones that we have in our current pool, such as the grad students you had mentioned. Uh, they're looking but for a little bit uh, of flexibility in terms of like when they're ending their lease. Uh, we were very fortunate to find one uh, graduate student who's kind of looking for something in the, in the realm of 9 to 12 months. And so we were able to secure that specific tenant for that that term. But, you know, honestly, like some of the people that I've talked to that we were screening in terms of prospective tenants, they were looking for anywhere between three months um, to a, week, a year out, I would say. And tell us a little bit about furnishing a single family home by the room, because that has to be, I feel like Kelly and I have wrapped our head around furnishing a property for midterm rentals forwards and backwards. But when you get into renting by the room, is there anything that you think might be different or that you make sure that you do provide or any like extras that you put, let's say in the kitchen or any of those shared spaces? Absolutely. So specifically in each private room, we would have the essentials. So of course you'll have the bed, the bed frame, sheets, uh, we added a desk and table just for a little bit of convenience for our tenants, um, as well as a nice stand to make it as comfortable as possible. Each room has its own individual closet, so that's very nice for, you know, people who are looking to store their clothes. In terms of the common area, we feature a lot of the, you know, the standard things you would see in a common area. For the living room, that'd be the sofa, the TV, you know, coffee table, um, just so they can have a nice place to relax after a long days of work. Um, in the kitchen, we have, you know, all the essentials such as the fridge and the stove, and we have a dishwasher too. And then we also provide, you know, some utensils such as plates, forks, spoons, things like that in case they need it. Um, the, our current ones have been able to, you know, provide their own, but we do offer some just in case they need it. Stay with us. We'll be right back. 
Today's episode is proudly sponsored by Furnished Finder, the ultimate platform for hassle-free midterm rentals. Whether you're a seasoned landlord or just getting started, Furnished Finder is the place for you. With Furnished Finder, you can say goodbye to booking fees and hello to direct bookings for 30-day-plus days. It's a win-win for everyone involved. So if you're ready to experience the joys of midterm renting and take a load off your landlord shoulders, head over to FurnishedFinder.com today. We make it easy to get started. We're grateful to Furnished Finder for sponsoring this episode, and we're sure you'll love what they have in store for you. That's smart. And what is your vetting process to make sure it's a good fit? I think that's what a lot of people are afraid of is, well, you know, what if disputes rise up? Or, you know, what if, you know, it's... I get male travelers and then a female traveler wants to, wants to stay as well. So what is your what vetting process like to make sure that you'll have a get, good tenant relationship throughout the home? Great question. So we initially started vetting through our initial email communication just to make sure they meet a lot of our requirements for being a tenant, such as, you know, a good credit score, uh, three times the income, and no history of evictions or anything like that. Um, if they pass that and fill out an application, usually either me or my partner would speak to them on the phone just to answer any additional questions they ha- might have, but also get a general vibe of you know why they're looking to rent out of our specific room compared to somewhere else, and just making sure it's a good good fit from our end. Um, from there, we usually have an in-person tour uh, so they can take a look at the space just to make sure you know it kind of fits what they're looking for, and so we can ask any additional questions to see if there's anything that you know might come off as. Um, something that might not fit for our specific environment. I think that's a really good point because I know we have, we have two properties right now that we're renting as midterms and we've only done one in-person tour. Now, granted we haven't had these on for super long, but most of the bookings that we've had have been sight unseen. But if you're sharing a space with someone, I could absolutely say, like, I would want to, as the landlord, right, like meet this person face to face, give the other tenants at least a chance to like, oh, hey, that's my ex-boyfriend's best friend or, (laughs) you know, something like, because you do like, you don't want to be playing referee. Um, So I think that I think that makes sense. Kelly, I'm curious how often because I'm also wondering if this if this varies from market to market. I'm curious how often you end up giving in-person tours versus booking site unseen. Right. Hardly ever. So most of the time I'll get questions where someone asks if they can do a tour. But in most case scenarios, it's it doesn't make sense because there are families renting that are staying in the home up until, you know, the move-in date. So typically I explain it like, you know, it's just like a short-term rental where you don't see it before. You you take a look at the pictures, you, you yeah. see the area, and then you just go ahead and book it. So it's very similar. So occasionally, if it makes sense, I do try to offer that if they want to see it. But otherwise, if it's a, if they're in the area, I'll give them the address and say, hey, right. you can't, you can't go inside, but you can totally do some drive-bys, peek through the, peek through the backyard fence if you want, that kind of stuff. (laughs) I've also, I had, um, one tenant and I, all she wanted to know, she's like, are these pictures of the actual space or like a sister space? Right. A lot of times if someone has duplicate apartments, they'll do them. So I'm like, no, 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 this is the actual space. 
And then I would say something about it. I'd be like, yeah, we just got that new blue sofa and there's another chair on the way. Right. And even just adding that little bit of information, let her know like, okay, mm-hmm. you know, this is legit. It's all, it's all good. But yeah, that's, that's really interesting about, um, the showings because when you've got multiple people and multiple personality, you got to make sure that everything's flowing because I know I play referee with my children enough. I do not want to do it with tenants. <laughs> <laughs> that Right. And they're probably acting a little bit more professional than your kids would too. All right, let's hope so. If they are not. An <laughs> issue. <laughs> uh, those are all very good points. And I think for this case, because I was, I'm kind of house hacking the, the house and you know we they asked to see the the rooms we kind of let them do it i think in the future you know if when i eventually move out and it may not be as convenient for me to show the rooms i think that's something Mm -hmm. that we me and my partner will definitely consider for sure love it so how are the how are the numbers working out for you have you been able to completely cover the mortgage and expenses with renting out the rooms are you still carrying a little bit of the weight how is it all how is it coming like plan versus reality? Yeah, great question. So with this specific property, we put less we put less down because I was able I'm able to house hack the property. And with that, since I do have to live in one of the rooms for, for one year, uh, right now the extra rooms rent rental income does cover the mortgage, but it doesn't necessarily cover all of the expenses um, after that, such as like landscaping or any renovations or things like that. Uh, once I move out and we stabilize the property a little bit more, I should cash flow about three hundred fifty a month after reserves. Nice, that's awesome. Oh, that's yeah. great. What What is your plan for move out? Is it are you trying to hang in there since uh, it probably applies to your current? Uh, loan to stay in the house. So when do you plan to move out, do you think? Probably after the one-year mark. So probably in June of 2023. Okay. That's that's the current plan. But, you know, there's some logistical things that have to go on. Like I have to find another place to live and things like that. But that's the current mm-hmm. plan is to mm-hmm. live there at least one year and satisfy that owner-occupied um, requirement. Do you think you'll jump to another house hack? That's the goal. So I'm kind of trying to move on from house hack to house hack every single year. And I feel like that's a really good way for, for me to invest as less little capital as possible and kind of like snowball from there. And so that's the current plan. Yeah, that's a, that's a great thing to do, especially while you can. Um, I know certain lifestyles just don't work with house hacking, but, and I want to back up for a second because I know all three of us are very familiar with the term house hacking, but for anyone who's listening who might be scratching their head going, what are these dorks talking about? (laughs) Um, House hacking is when you are living within the property that is your investment property, renting out um, either the opposite side, if it's a duplex, um, other bedrooms um, with the goal that the rental income is covering your mortgage, if not your mortgage plus other expenses. Um, and like Eric mentioned, um, with occupying it as an owner for at least a year, a lot of times you can qualify for an FHA loan, which lets you have a lot less down. Um, so it's a great way to, like you said, start snowballing the process um, because it can be real estate investing can be very daunting to try to get into. You're like, okay, I have to have how much to buy a property? And you think I'm going to get that money from where? (laughs) (laughs) So it is, it's a very, um, 
it's a proven method and people have been succeeding and it's a really, really great way to get in the door. So um, if you're curious more about it, I mean, there's all sorts of stuff out there on it, but doing it midterm is not something I've heard about quite as much. And I really like how you have mixed those two things together um, because you can get more for your property by furnishing it versus offering it as a house hack where you have all unfurnished. Um, and I think just that simple furnished versus unfurnished is a really great way to offset the higher prices of real estate right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I have three questions that I will. Uh, did you want to add something to that, Eric? Yeah, I was just going to add one more point to the house hack. You know, you outlined very well, like a lot of the benefits that house hacking has. And one thing to note is that if you're able to move into the property, you can utilize, as you mentioned, lower percent down payment. Uh, but you also get an optimal interest rate. It's fixed for, let's say, a 30-year time period. So even after you move out after the one year, you keep the loan terms that you initially agreed on. So it's a really good way for, for that too as well. Yeah. Anytime you can get owner occupied, that financing is going to be so good. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. So I like to look at, you know, each episode by what does the audience want to hear? And we haven't talked about room rentals a ton. So, you know, what are those setbacks that people think, mm, yeah, not ready to try that because I don't understand this. So I have three quick questions. Uh, that I just would love your opinion on how it works for you, Eric. And the first would be, you know, setting up the lease. Do you set it up any differently for a room rental versus an entire house? Yeah, so that's a great question. So we do have set it up a little bit differently. Uh, a lot of the main differences come from kind of keeping the private space like for your personal belongings. So one of the things that we have in terms of rules would be to keep all your private belongings into your own room and kind of essentially not okay. leave anything in the private space. And then we set a little bit of house rules as well that relate to kind of living with other people you may not know, such as you know making sure that you clean the dishes within 24 hours of having it out, um, kind of being respectful of you know other people's if they have to rest or things like that. Um, and things like parties, we have kind of a a lease in there as well. And then the lease is kind of saying that they have to follow specific rules before they can like host number of people over for whatever reason. And so a lot of what we have in terms of the changes to the lease are around kind of interacting with other people. I love that. That's so smart. Cause, and did you just kind of go through each day thinking, well, how do I do this? I need to communicate with others. Or did you find a platform or a forum online that you kind of, used as a guide to set up your room rental? Yeah, so in terms of, you know, getting advice on how to adjust the lease, uh, I listen to Bigger Pockets quite a bit, and there's a couple of episodes and free information out there where p experts kind of talk about some of the nuances between like renting by the room versus the whole property. And so we kind of utilize that. And then I use a lot of their leases that they have that are approved by specific lawyers for that specific state and kind of adjusted it to add a couple of, you know, house rules as I mentioned before. And so that's how essentially I got, um, got to this point right here. It's kind of utilizing a lot of the free resources that are out there. Nice. I love that. So two more questions. Uh, do you, do you ask for renter's insurance? Yeah. So renter's insurance is something that we do ask for simply because we note that we are not responsible for, you know, anything that happens to their belongings. So that's something we ask mm -hmm. our tenants for. 
Okay, great. And do you provide, like, do you recommend, how do you verify that they actually follow through and get renter's insurance? Yeah, so on our platform, we're currently using apartments.com. It does have a section on their application, our tenant application, I should say, or tenant profile, I should say, mm -hmm. um, that kind of shows that whether what type of renter insurance that they have. So we use that. Okay. And I would interject here and encourage everyone that has a property and has any inkling of you that wants your renter to have renter's insurance. It is so cheap. It is so cheap mm -hmm. for them. You're literally asking them like 20 bucks or less a month. Mm -hmm. um, so it might feel like a very big ask. It is not a big ask. Mm -hmm. um, and you can even educate them if they are not aware about how inexpensive it is. Um, and that is available if you do use KeyCheck for um, screenings and leases and online payments. There is renter's insurance available through there as well. Yeah. And Katie, I forgot. I, we haven't talked about this because it's something that I added to my system more recently for our midterm rentals. Reminder, host in Austin, Texas. Uh, we have six midterm rentals here for the last couple of years. And so I kind of change my processes as we go, uh, like most real estate professionals probably do. And so we did start adding renter's insurance on and I we found an insurance negotiator that uh, he just kind of, he was already doing our home and our cars. So I just started asking like, hey, you know, how could we combine renter's insurance into that? And so it's great. He, he I just, all I have to do is, you know, you, you already collect the first name, the last name and the email address whenever you set up the screening. Well, the only other thing he needed, which I wait until after the screening's done to get it just for, you know, for uh, verification purposes, uh, is date of birth. That's all he needed. And so then I just have that one more question to ask and it's $10 per month for the whole family. And he sets right, it up like, where he, he, like he puts it in a spreadsheet, he tracks it and cancels it, you know, whenever they move out. So it's, it's pretty nice. And because it's so cheap, I just started adding it to us paying for it. So, you know, you can ask them to do it. And if you have four, if you have four individuals setting up renter's insurance, that's probably different than a four bedroom house that's for one family at $10 per family. But this, I mean, it's so convenient for, and just one of those extra steps to show, hey, we care about you. Uh, we're so glad and thankful that you're, you know, staying in our home. So just show up with your suitcase. We'll take care of the rest. It <laughs> uh, honestly sounds like you guys thought it through quite well. You have the leases that you can create. You have the renter's insurance as well as, as you mentioned, kind of being able to negotiate the rent renter's insurance, you know, prices. It sounds like you guys kind of thought this through very well through KeyCheck. Yeah. KeyCheck key check is great because you can also kind of take and leave what works for you. Because like Kelly was saying, I feel like everyone has their different processes and I've only been renting midterm for a few months now. We have long-term properties, um, but there's, uh, my processes are different today than they were three weeks ago, right? Like I'm always trying to get things better and, and more efficient. Um, and KeyCheck is great because you can pick and choose kind of what fits your box and what fits your processes and what fits that tenant, right? Cause some tenants still want to pay in check. And like if an 85 year old tenant wants to pay in check, I'll take your check Doris. 
<laughs> That's I can see fine. Kelly shaking her head. Uh, <laughs> Kelly, nope. I, I am of the mindset. Well, I, I will take your money, no matter how you want the to give it. Cashier's to me. check. A cashier's <laughs> check. <laughs> sure. Hey, uh, come on. You would take it from Doris. Not a personal check. Her, not if it was day of moving. Take that uh, check from Doris. Nope. <laughs> well, maybe I'm, I'm the sucker here. But anyway, my point is that you know you can take what you need and there's just kind of all the tools in one place which is really Mm -hmm. it's nice these days when things can be so scattered yeah Yeah. while we're on it we we should go ahead and mention key check also you know it's it does have everything it's got the leases it's got the screenings and then if you haven't checked out the rent payments program it's it's straightforward all you do is put in the move-in date the move out date, if you don't know the move out date, then you can just do it month to month until you have a move out date and you put in what your deposit is, what your, you know, what move in fees you want to charge at the beginning, whether that's a cleaning fee, a, you know, pet deposit, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you, and then it just automatically sets up rent reminders for their entire stay. So if you don't have a good payment plan that you, that you trust that, uh, you know, like Venmo and, and Zelle, while they're easy, it's like you oftentimes have to take multiple payments a couple days apart to actually get a deposit or get a rent payment. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's very professional, easy to use. So if you it, just check it out if you don't have a good payment payment program. But back to Eric, I only have one more question, Katie. And this, I think it's uh, one of those that for room rentals, you think, oh, well, what's different about the cleaning process? So when someone moves out and someone moves in, it's going to be on a different time frame. They're not going to all move out at the same time. So what does that look like for you when you're flipping your, uh, your a room? Yeah, that's a good question. And honestly, we haven't come to our first ter- tenant turnover. We will have it in February, but the current plan is to essentially have professional cleaning for that individual room. And if they're sharing the bathroom to have that as well. And then we plan on establishing kind of like a monthly cleaning for the entire like common space that's kind of covered by uh, me and my partner. Um, so that's essentially Thanks. what we're looking at in the future though, I should say. So how much does that work out to? So, you know, when you're taking into the cost idea of things, how much is it to pay to get a room cleaned and then your monthly cleanings? What does that look like? Yeah, so the room cleaning, uh, we actually haven't verified all of the the costs because we haven't gone through that quite yet. Uh, currently okay. budgeted about 150 to 200 for, for that specific room cleaning. As for the monthly cleaning, a lot of the, the quotes I have gotten initially were in the range of pretty much like 100 to 150, I would say. Uh, but to be honest, we haven't established those quite yet because we haven't had our first tenant turnover. And since oh, I'm still house hacking it, yeah, I'm still house hacking it. So I, I kind of do a little bit of cleaning here and there, but that's not a, <laughs> that's not a long-term solution. So, our, you know, eventually when mm-hmm. I eventually move out, the system would be to have monthly cleanings. Great. I think that also brings up a, a really good point, Eric, which which is you don't have to have it all figured out right now. Right. Um, one of the biggest things that that I hear and I think a lot of people here um, who are real estate investors or who are you know in the industry at all is, OK, well, I'll get my first property when I know X, Y, Z, you know, all of this stuff. And it's like this really is one of those things where it's um, 
the best learning you can do is by doing it. Right now, please don't learn pharmaceuticals as you go along. (laughs) (laughs) I I want you to know everything about that before you dive in. But with, with the real estate and especially these midterm rentals, there's all sorts of resources and everyone is so friendly and so great in the industry that jump in. And when you decide you need it, you know, when the time comes that you need a cleaning or your first turnover, you'll figure it out. Right. And there's a whole bunch of people and resources there to help you. So I love hearing that. I love hearing that, um, you know, there's, there's so much growth happening and so many new people just diving in. Yeah. And to go off of that, like, you're right. They're honestly, like the biggest thing is just to get started. You know, as long as I know enough to not put myself in a bad situation moving forward, I'll figure things Mm -hmm. out along the way. And like, you know, when my partner and I initially agreed to do this midterm rental house slash house hack, we didn't have all our systems figured out, but we knew enough and kind of committed enough such that we'll be able to figure it out. Because like you had mentioned, like we don't know what we don't know until we actually get into it. Right. So completely agree right. at that point. Yeah. Well, that's all my questions, Katie. You got any last questions? I, you know what, Kelly, I have asked all of mine and gone off on all my tangents. <laughs> okay. So Eric, thank you so much for being with us today. We really appreciate it. And reminder, if you want to connect with Eric, you can totally uh, go to YouTube and comment on this episode. If you're enjoying the show, don't forget to like and subscribe. And if you haven't figured or if you haven't left a review yet, Apple Podcast is a great place to do that. So Eric, is there any other way you want someone to connect with you? Sure. You can either find me on LinkedIn under Eric Chang, spelled C-H-I-A-N-G, or you can find me on Instagram under eric.tiazandthomas.chang. So I answer my own DMs. I respond to people on LinkedIn. So feel free to connect with me that way. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here today. Everyone have a great week. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.